You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. 2020 was very challenging. 2021 was challenging in different ways to 2020. Will 2022 be as challenging, more optimistic, more optimism uh, when it comes to the South African economy? In order to look forward, we have to look back. And to do both is Annabel Bishop, who's the chief economist at Investec in Johannesburg. Annabel, first of all, I, this is the last time I'll say it because it's January the 10th. Happy New Year, and I hope you're refreshed after your, your break. Um, has the South African economy got a break, given what happened in 2021? Yes, yes. Happy New Year to you too, Lindsay. Look, I think one bit of optimism is that we start in South Africa, um, 2022 off with, with, with almost a fully opened up economy. You know, the, the Omicron variant has proved incredibly mild. That's the, you know, variant of COVID-19. The, the fourth wave in South Africa, and of course, it's spreading around the world. And we've seen extremely low hospitalizations. Governments actually reduced our lockdown restrictions to virtually nothing at all. You know, obviously, we still are. We quite generally quite good at mask wearing, sanitizing, social distancing, et cetera, in the urban areas and obviously business areas. And that I think has given government confidence to reduce the lockdown restrictions to virtually nothing. So that's a very positive start to 2022 for South Africa. Um, you know, obviously the alcohol sales can also feel freely now. Tourism in South Africa, the night curfew has been removed. So the tourism sector obviously, you know, receiving a boost as well. But I think what's quite key is that governments now, um, it, it did remove them, but it's brought it back, but it's assessing it and wants wish to remove it completely, Lindsay, and that's, of course, isolation and um, tracking and tracing for anyone who gets COVID-19 and quarantining. So they basically feel, um, Professor Glenda Gray of the Medical uh, Council in South Africa has basically said that South Africa appears to have a very high herd immunity of about 70 to 80%, and of course, with our vaccination of, of one dose delivered to about 50% of the population, it seems as though we're riding out this fourth wave very well. We have extremely low level of deaths. And in fact, we really passed the fourth wave in South Africa. I think globally, you know, it's proving to see that deaths are much lower from this new wave and the previous ones. So that does give us a difference between starting out last year in 2021. And of course, it's very positive for the economy. Uh, looking forward as well, we hope that this is now going to spread to all the government institutions and councils, you know, where you need to go and get approvals for building plans and all sorts of other private sector interaction with the uh, state to, in general, be able to really bolster the business environment in South Africa and allow business activity to improve. Of course, we do take some issues through with us into the new year and that of course is the risk of load shedding. We do obviously have a lot of independent power producer investment plans in South Africa but of course that's not going to deliver new capacity immediately in 2022. So there's some, some risk of load shedding, of course other uh, service interruptions as well as government works to improve these SOEs that have been damaged by state capture that have been hollowed out. But of course we also as well will remain beholden to what happens in terms of the global economy and South Africa is continuing to lag in terms of regulatory reform and that is of course easing, uh, you know, really increasing the ease of doing business and of course we reducing the uh, onerous regulatory burden on, on companies. So, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but we, 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 we do look like we are having a more positive outlook because of, from, from the COVID, certainly, front than we had last year. And that is good news. Yes, it really is. I mean, from a psychological point of view as well, a market psychology point of view, people love the fact that uh, Omicron has not been as severe as people uh, thought. I mean, OK, it's far more easy to catch the, this particular variant than it was uh, the Delta variant, for example. But as you quite rightly 
say, hospitalizations and deaths have, have come down, and that's the same in Europe. And, and hopefully that will continue and there won't be some other ghastly variant uh, on our doorstep. We've got to, we've got to talk about uh, numbers. And again, uh, to look forward, we have to look back. I want to talk about a little bit of, or you can choose, you know, PMI, GDP, the interest rates in South Africa, uh, mining and manufacturing production. But perhaps we should start with the RAND because that's the barometer of any country's, uh, in this case, of course, South Africa's economic health. I always think a currency shows you what people think of us. And the RAND has behaved quite well, I think, in the last few weeks. Yes, definitely. And, you know, if you have a look at our RAND, I think market players forget that over the turn of the year, you know, as you move from the old into the new year, the RAND does tend to see quite a bit of seasonal strength. And once again, we're experiencing that now. Look, the domestic currency has strengthened by almost a RAND from its worst point. We know when it was <clears throat> well above 16 RAND to the, to the US dollar a few weeks ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. And of course, trying to track towards 1550 to the dollar today. And part of the reason is that, you know, there is this big seasonal influence on the domestic currency. You do tend to have a very strong um, impact on foreigners. Uh, taking up South African portfolio investments. We've seen about 2.2 billion purchases on a net basis by foreigners in terms of the bond and equity markets this year so far. And of course, that really comes through uh, during the Northern Hemisphere winter. And as you know, uh, Lindsay, the, the, the December, January, February months are usually quite bleak for um, uh the, in, in the Northern Hemisphere and for market players they tend to be quite heavily involved in the markets in that period taking their vacations rather than the August period and of course you do tend to see quite a bit of risk taking particularly for the RAND the RAND tends to benefit quite a lot and as you know Lindsay the um Bond and equity markets in South Africa, very liquid, you know, allowing a lot of play and um, foreigners to dip in and out. And this strength around the turn of the year is nothing unusual. I think something else which is also positive for the RAND, besides the Omnicron, which we talked about earlier, and the fact that, you know, South Africa is seeing um, – much fewer restrictions. But something uh, something which is significantly positive for the RAND is also our South Africa's FRA curve is forecasting quite a lot of interest rate hikes this year. Now, we don't think it's going to be quite that extreme, but really South Africa's FRA curve is saying by the end of this year, we could be close to 650 for the repo rate. Remember, the repo rate is currently 375. Mm. And for the um, for next year, 2023, it could be closer to 7%. Now, that's quite a jump up for the repo rate. Of course, as you know, a RAND or any currency is, is seen to, to strengthen somewhat when interest rates hikes on the horizon. We don't think the hikes will be quite so severe. We're looking for three uh, 25 basis point hikes in the repo rate this year. You were talking about interest rates earlier. And that really, you know, that 75 basis point lift will take us into next year, you know, around about sort of the 450 mark. Look, we may see um, more interest rate hikes than that. Of course, that would be ran positive, but it's unlikely to be positive for the economy at all. It's obviously, you know, would, would weaken the economy. We're expecting to see GDP growth of around 1.8% this year, closer to 2%. Remember, I highlighted to you some of the concerns about uh, load shedding and some other structural uh, issues. But if we then look at um, 23 to 26 outwards, we're looking for a rise towards 3% as we see a strengthening of a lot of these uh, structural weaknesses, a lot of improvement. But returning to the domestic currency, of course, we can't get away from the fact that we have seen the Federal Reserve Bank in America um, tapering quantitative easing quite rapidly. That's expected to end by March this year. And in fact, then the United States starts to hike its interest rates and up to 325 basis point hikes are also expected in the US this year, possibly in the second half of this year, although some market players worry that they could come early in the year, you know, in the second quarter, they may begin. And in fact, there may be Isn't that appropriate, Annabelle? <laughs> because a lot of uh, market commentators and so-called experts say that 
The US Federal Reserve is behind the curve, as they phrase it, and they've got to play catch up. And will that derail markets, do you think? And therefore, if it derails US markets and other developed world markets, then that filters down to South Africa, unfortunately. I mean, I'm looking at my screen now and seeing the US 10-year bond yield, for example, at a, a multi-month high. In fact, I think the last time, I think it peaked at 1.75% in 2021. It's now 1.80% in the early stages of 2020. It seems to me that there's something something bubbling there. Well, I think um, the markets have already factored that in, Lindsay. You know, that, that um, through those 325 basis point hikes in the uh, Fed funds rate I was talking about earlier, that, that's the implied futures for the Fed fund rate. So that's what markets are expecting. Markets are expecting that, you know, tapering will, uh, QE will, will see its... Um, the tapering of QE and QE itself will end um, in March this year, and they are expecting 325 basis point hikes. So those are fully factored in. I think it actually gives market comfort, you know, and, and certainly mm. perhaps even re- reduces the risk profile somewhat. But that is now something that they can uh, lean on or expect, you know, that this is what's going to happen. Because if you have a look at the uh, Federal Reserve Bank minutes, and of course, even at the meeting itself on the 15th of December, the last FOMC meeting in the US, that's their monetary policy meeting, you'll see that the members of the committee themselves are indicating this these 325 basis point, two to 325 basis point hikes this year. And of course, you know, markets always go slightly over. Over that. So I think that's generally quite well accepted. So, you know, I think that also brings a lot of certainty. Because remember last year, there was a great concern, you know, that when will there be a taper tantrum? Will the... Um when will the Fed start to hike? And of course, that brought in a huge amount of uncertainty in the markets. So and now that we actually do have some certainty, because in the Fed minutes, they, they signaled that, yes, we know we may we may look to um, NQE sooner than, than was previously expected and hike sooner than expected. And of course, you know, showed the dot plot of their expectations. Markets now have something to build on. They now have some certainty, you know, in, in an uncertain world. It's not completely certain, but they have some, they have more certainty than they had previously. And that, of course, is on the US rate hike trajectory. You know, the Fed does warn that if it's not appropriate, if the data obviously changes, then, of course, this outlook will change. We all know that. But the general expectation is that the global economy will continue to strengthen this year. The United States economy uh, remain in recovery. The uh, labor market improve. And, of course, interestingly, uh, Lindsay, that the inflation figures will start to come off in the second quarter of this year. Remember, a lot of the push for higher inflation in the United States and of course globally was due to the big elevation of commodity prices and of course those base effects which, which came through really from April last year, now the base effects will start to work through lowering inflation automatically. So I think that's also going to provide some positivity to the market. So overall I think that perhaps there's been a bit of a reduction in risk aversion. Of course that then feeds back to the RAND and you know as aided our domestic currency. Remember, as usual, you do tend to get differentiation between emerging markets. And of course, the RAND does tend to benefit in this period. But I think all of us will remember that the the RAND is a volatile currency and it will remain volatile. Yes, um, it's not as volatile as um, one of its peers, the Turkish lira, for example, which has been all (laughs) over the place since we last spoke, Annabelle. So in summary, it's a mixed bag, but the bag's mix is slightly more positive than perhaps it would have been 12 months ago when we had this same conversation. We had an off-air chat about uh, our respective breaks, our respective holidays, and I don't want to get into your your family break that you had, but I got the impression from you that the tourism sector, which is something that I've been banging on about for years now, now as, as, as something that is underdeveloped and is a sort of a sleeping giant in South Africa. I got the impression that you were very optimistic about what you saw during your travels over the period. 
I think it depends on pockets of where you go, Lindsay. I think some areas in South Africa are doing better than others. So, you know, maybe that's a differentiator. I think that some provinces are lagging behind. So certainly in the Western and Eastern Cape, you know, the governments there, particularly the Western Cape, are seeing very strong tourism drives. And of course, you know, in general, you know, really good governance to improve the municipalities in the Western Cape. And I think, you know, the tourism is really actively seen by our government in South Africa as well as, as a very important part of the economy and very important part of job creation, income earning. So certainly, you know, there have been pockets of improvement. And I would say that it would be unfair to say overall that South Africa's tourism industry is is, 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 is in a negative place, or, you know, from an infrastructure or investment perspective um, or from certainly uh, the effort that uh, businesses have made. But I would say that while some areas are doing particularly well, other areas, you know, still need to play catch up. But it is encouraging to see that areas where um you know, sort of the areas along the beaches, you know, areas where foreign uh, tourists or will be very interested in going are very well ready to receive them. And that'll be positive. So when we see a full opening up of um, global international travel, then obviously South Africa will stand ready to benefit from it. So I, I do think that this is a sector that government does take seriously, but, you know, we do need to continue to work on it as well. And the private sector is very key in conjunction with this. Annabelle, thanks so much for your time. We'll speak uh, on many occasions uh, throughout 2022, which seems to have a cautiously optimistic tone. Annabelle Bishop is the Chief Economist at Investec in Johannesburg. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.